What, what, what up? I don't know. That's not it. <laughs> Do you want immediately to do, it? do you want ready to do it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can just do the regular thing, I guess. I guess. Hello and welcome to the Mug Stars Podcast. And that's it. <laughs> mm, got it. And welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Kunai, and I am here with two of my colleagues. I got Jordan Garcia. Yo, what up? And Christopher Ritter. Now that is the classic energy. Hey, classic. we're in it, y'all. We're doing another uh, piece of this Phyrexia All Will Be One set review. And today we're covering red. Ooh. Ooh, baby. Some spicy cards in this set. And uh, we've each chosen two rares or mythics and two commons or uncommons. Give or take. Give or take. We're not going to talk about every single card because that's just insanity. I'm going to repeat that for every single part of the set review. Get used to hearing it. We're just grabbing some cool cards to talk about. Like, If you want to spend three hours listening to somebody else do it or looking through this list, go for it. It's just There's not a lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah this is one of the most hyped sets ever ever honestly I've, i haven't seen hype higher for a set in a long time and, and that's why we're going to review every card that's what we keep <laughs> one saying one. is that what yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah 250 <laughs> cards here we go all and right like, i mean this is such a hype set like i mean if oh man where are should i derail this derail, right? it. Oh, derail it baby yeah I, I mean if you look on uh like the magic subreddits like mtg finance it is wild what is happening right now with the value of this set it is so inflated even by pre-release weekend standards, like people are acting like you open a collector's pack and you land a hundred dollars in value off right. the bat, mm-hmm. which is not true because they print a lot of crap at the crap factory and prices are going to normalize. So, crap factory yeah. is great at making crap. Yeah, they're it's what they're known for. Yeah, every yeah. pack on average what sells for now three fifty four dollars. I did just pay seven bucks a pack for a set booster. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like justified though because you can have multiple rares, multiple uncommons mm-hmm. that have value. But but like, same same deal. As, and and the collector's booster, you know, even at the top, and you're paying twenty five bucks or whatever. Right, and so ultimately, the the way this is going to level out in general is that the like professor is going to do his box opening like episode where he's just going to keep opening them and and like seeing how far he can go and this is one of the sets where i think he's going to go really far is it going to go infinite is this is it it non-deterministic uh the professor (laughs) or but you know it's like cards can only cost so much because uh, packs can only cost so much so it's just going to level out eventually while it is very erratic at the moment i don't think cards are going to continue to be ten dollars a piece like some of these like Dominus are going to be cheap as hell. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those things where cycles, like the big cycles in the set, get a lot of attention, and I think this is one of them. And I think they're very, very cool. Don't get me People wrong. People like the cycles. People but, love to see that sort of like stuff that goes throughout Magic's lore. It's exactly. interwoven. It's good set design. But but a seven mana green creature that doubles your power, it's not worth twenty dollars. Like yeah, we saw that at pre-release. It just was not that good. So we're talking about red. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to reference a green creature before yeah. we talk about the red set review. Yeah, I'm the one who derailed this. Uh, in fairness, it was a great no, derail. Ultimately, yeah. I agree with you. This is the f- the first set we've seen. All this, like this previous sets, have all had cumulative stories with bringing all the praetors back together, and this is the first set we see them all back together. So it, it 
is no wonder why the hype, hype is so high. Last, yeah, second, people, yeah. last second derail. Uh, yeah, don't spend any money on this for like several weeks. Let Just, this all oh, for months. Mellow, mellow, mellow. The only thing I would buy in relation to the set is something not from this set, and that's Ivy Gleeful Spell Thief because it's going to blow up standard in a second. Yep. Yeah, that... Uh, uh, rap, not financial. Rap, yeah, the rap priest is going to like change the game for sure. Yeah, that's and that's right. We were talking red. <laughs> Circling all the way back down to red. All right, let's get started. I'll kick us off. My first rare. I actually did. I did choose a mythic. Let's start off Some with my rare. mythic. Spicy, spicy, spicy. I chose Sulfim Mayhem Dominus for two and two red, a legendary creature, Phyrexian Horror. If a source you control would deal non-combat damage to an opponent or a permanent in opponent controls, it deals double that damage to that player or permanent instead. You can pay one and two Phyrexian red, discard two cards, put an indestructible counter on Sulfim Mayhem Dominus. It is a 5-4. Do we yeah, know what- I mean, that's a that's even better than Tobrin of the Red Fell, right? Yeah, yeah. Tobrin is like... Uh- deals two additional damage but mm-hmm. it doesn't like that doesn't discriminate between combat or non-combat yep and and this doesn't have doubling uh, it is significant yeah yes yeah i think uh we said it doubling it any effect at any time you know you can find a build to make this work i mean i mean and that too they just chucked a whole bunch of doubling into this set like yeah, generically d- doubling is good and so for this set uh, wizards just went. All right, if you like doubling, here's here's a bunch of doubling. Part Let's of, quadruple the doubling. Yeah, part of the hype <laughs> yeah. on the set. It's like everyone reads one of these doubling cards and goes, "I know exactly what I would do with that." You know, so this is one of the more open ended cards in the set, where it's just like non combat damage to anything an opponent controls, doubling that damage. And let's say let's take it down to like the very bottom. If you're in sealed and you pull this, it is an easy. You're easily going to pull the trigger on discarding two cards to make this thing indestructible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the fact you don't have to like sacrifice creatures and some of them and stuff like mm-hmm. you don't have that like give up board value, board presence to activate that ability is actually kind of huge. If you're swamped on lands, I'm more than happy to discard two lands to make this work. Yeah, yeah I, I mean too. Also, if you're playing mono red, which is the shell and standard that this is definitely going to fit in, like once you hit four mana, that's the top end of your curve. You do not need those additional lands. You can just discard those and give this five four chunky body. Yep, that's a good point. I didn't really think know? about this card in standard. Like when I was doing the mono blue Jin climb to mythic, I saw so much mono red and i definitely think that i could see this guy being a decent top end for sure giving it indestructible and five four on a four mana body is not nothing well we talked about mechanized warfare being good from brothers war just imagine like these two curving out in the same set or like because it's a replacement and then doubles i think is how that works yeah mono red generally doesn't want to like curve out like that i think they're more just like very flatlined in the one and two yeah like, that's a lot of chunky stuff but mm-hmm. I, it definitely has some application it's a it's a big boy this is definitely consider considerable for a top end in those decks i think i like this as consideration this might be one of my favorite from this cycle of the dominus yeah i mean totally. it's just such a clean yeah. effect yeah and it's know? pretty good yeah i would say out of the for me in my ranking i would say this is it's like 2A and 2B between this and uh, one we'll talk about later, I'm sure, uh, the black. Just like how much more playable this is over the green one. The green one is seven mana. For sure, right? top five. This one's four. Yeah, it's four <laughs> mana, and it's a five four. Like, yeah, the other one's a five or a four six, and I yes. guess that it like doubles power and toughness. Bro, it doesn't even matter. It's absolutely insane that this is stats don't matter. 
Yeah, they just, they just print any number on these cards these days. <laughs> okay, I'm going next, and I'm not starting with a mythic. I'm actually starting on the quote unquote low end. We're going to talk about Rebel Salvo. You guys familiar? Oh, uh, you're going to go uncommon on us. I'm going uncommon. You start on the top, I'm starting on the bottom. Okay, I'll meet go. you in the middle, pal. Um, it is an instant, uncommon, two and a red, affinity for equipment. And Rebel Salvo deals five damage to target creature at Planeswalker. That permanent loses indestructible until end of turn. Um, I'm bringing this up because removal's inherently good, and affinity is inherently good. And also, indestructible is relevant in a limited environment. It's uh, super relevant, especially cycle. if you're the burn deck like this. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a very good point. We just talked about made, making creatures indestructible. The it just kills most dominus. Yeah, this, and also think about like uh, gods too. The the Theros gods that yeah. if you're playing, I don't think you're playing this in commander except for very limited things. But if you see them, it'll do it. Yeah, and like there are equipment decks out there, not necessarily commander, but like you know equipment strategies. And I think they are constantly playing with equipment as a concept. You know, we saw mm-hmm. uh, the equipment creatures from Kamigawa. Now we're seeing uh, for Mirrodin equipments where they spawn their own tutu. Yeah, I'm for sure. Equipment is the next thing that I think Wizards is pushing as. Uh, a piece of the game that's been underutilized. Right. So is this card amazing, amazing? Meh. But Affinity for Artifacts, I think, is something, uh, and I think it's something to kind of keep an eye on as we explore this. Uh, I think this is a year that's going to be very heavy in Artifacts, and so keep your eye out for all these kind of payoffs, you know, that I think we're going to see some crazy stuff coming down the works here. Yeah, I think this one has a high ceiling. Like, it, it can... Just two equipments. I think a byproduct in Commander is just having equipments like Lightning Greaves, right. Swiftfoot Boots. Mm-hmm. I think we all you play only them need, in some need, way. Yeah, you need two of them to make this a like, one-mana spell, Shadow and that's Spear, achievable. Yeah, yep. Shadow Skull Spear clear. plus... Uh, what were just Colossus Hammer? Like, swords. Yeah. Or a sword, you know? Like, now you have a red deal five damage. It's pretty freaking good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't think there's another card out there that is just one mana instant deal five uh, Lava damage. Axe? Yeah. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. Or lightning Axe, one of those? Something uh, Axe? Lightning Axe, I think. Some yeah. combination of Lava and Lightning <laughs> Axe. An element plus Axe. Yeah, but you Red gotta, keywords. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> discard a card or pay an additional mana. Sack a Mountain. Yeah. Something like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, just kind of cool, 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 cool. We're seeing a lot of interesting stuff on the common uncommon slot, and that's actually I'm more interested in that in mm-hmm. the set for like the kind of set mechanics and uh, the fun stuff they're exploring there over most of the legendaries in the set or the yeah the mythics. It's, I, those aren't really doing it for me. I mean, that kind of brings me to my pick, which is uh, Koth Fire of Resistance, which is sort of just you know. <sighs> It's not that interesting. It's an okay Planeswalker, you know, plus two, search your library for a basic mountain card, reveal it, put it in your hand, minus three, deals damage to target creature equal to the number of mountains you control, and minus seven, you get an emblem uh, when mountain enters the battlefield under control, emblem deals four damage to Ooh. any target. It's sort of just a generic Valakut, the Molten Pinnacle, but as a Planeswalker. Yeah. There's some slots for it, but it's not doing... It's an interesting design space. Um you know, to bring it to standard, but it's not necessarily something that is unique, not enough, not a series of effects that traditionally I'm looking for on a planeswalker. Right. Um, I Especially don't... like a generically powerful one that exactly. slots into multiple decks, for sure. Exactly. Um, I, you know, this is going to find a home somewhere in standard. Like, it, those are powerful effects, but it's just not, uh, it's just off a little bit. Yeah, I, I get yeah. with what you're saying, and it definitely a build around... Um, Definitely locks you into mono red, I believe, most mm-hmm. of t- more often than not. But I will say, in the Brothers War draft, I actually had quite good success when I went mono red aggro with the Sardian Cliff Stomper, 
that is a zero four unless you control four or more mountains, in which case he's a four four and he's a two mana four four. Okay, but that's plus X plus for each mountain you can correct so it actually scales past it too i mean but at two mana that that seems like all upside verse at four mana in mono red there are much better things to be oh doing. totally i agree i just yeah. saying like i'm just starting to see like this like mountain payoff kind of thing and i think if we get a few more of them then maybe this could be maybe the top end somewhere mm-hmm. the other and, sorry uh, go you go you go uh the other thought i had is i was going to ask you are you going to put this in your uh board brigmos deck no i don't think it does enough i mean you're paying four mana for generic ramp essentially and you know i would rather rather than playing a planeswalker which is vulnerable to you know creature creature damage and things like that i'd rather play just you know valicode itself which is searchable in that deck because i have all the land tutors and there's just better cards for this effect like you know maybe in commander at a lower power level there is a mono red uh coth fire resistance plus Valakut, plus Blood Moon, plus Mages of the Moon, plus all in on those effects, getting a bunch of mountains out. Right. But I, man... I still think we need more of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's just... I I just don't think there's enough here. It it just seems too generic to me. Yeah, this is one... I read it, and it almost feels out of place. For how strong everything is in this set, this, this Planeswalker, compared to the others, really just kind of sits at the bottom. This is like the lead of the resistance right like <laughs> yeah yeah but it, in the story he turns phyrexian like or he gets changed oh, what a bitch, like, bro. yeah and so, so he's he's a weak phyrexian and he's a weak rebel <laughs> yes yes he's weak in both is actually the story's spotlight card let me just find it quick awaken the sleeper three and a red sorcery is actually really good <laughs> for like the steel effect but uh overall koth fire of resistance you know, even if you're playing in Borborygmos, even if you are playing this, you don't have board presence until, like, it matters when it's yeah. Borborygmos. That's so, the thing I was thinking is if you're playing this on this. curve, like, you don't have creatures out until you cast Borby. So, like, yeah, yeah. it's never, he's just going to die immediately. You're going to get a mountain off of it and then it's going to be. There. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather play Ren and Seven as far as Planeswalkers. 100%. Go. I feel you on that. All right. Moving on. Uh, my next rare. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go the traditional route. I'm gonna do mythic rare and uncommon, and I don't know if I chose an. Uncommon. To be fair, I do think that is the non-traditional route. But as non, you know what? Agree to disagree. Agree to D. All right. I chose vindictive vindictive flame stoker. One red creature Phyrexian wizard. A one two. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on vindictive flame stoker. Six and a red, sacrifice Vindictive Flame Stoker, discard your hand, then draw four cards. This ability costs one less to activate for each oil counter on Vindictive Flame Stoker. That's right. Yeah, I love this card. I absolutely love it. It goes right into my Adelie's deck. Like, no doubt in my mind. Dude, this takes a slot. Like That's hot. Yep. Just refill the hand, keep it going, keep it rolling. So one mana wizard. Like, yeah, that's pretty damn good, too. Hey, it gets big, right? Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, historically a great way to start a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Adelise loves to care about that, too. So uh, I think this card has a lot of room to grow, and it's it's just low enough. I think one mana is the lowest investment. I mean, one of the lower investments you can make in a creature that's just going to stick to a battlefield. Um, We've seen Bomat Courier. While that's one mana to activate and sacrifice and you get like whatever is stuffed under it, this is very similar and in that same vein of effect. Uh, I'd say you're you're not not getting more than four cards out of your Bomat Courier. Like 
you're probably looking at right. a similar similar payoff for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this is likely going to be two or three mana to activate this. Uh, but when you're discarding, you're probably discarding nothing, and then you're drawing four cards, which is the ideal situation. Right. You just like curve, curve, curve. Get Adeline out on three. Your boy out on four. Veyron. Yeah. It starts copying and all this bullshit, and all of a sudden doubling the effect, and all of a sudden it's like two or three spells, and all you need is and one, red one mana, red mana, four yeah. more cards. Pretty dang good in a wizard deck. Yep, I really, really like this card, and I'm excited to see its trajectory, too. Yeah. Uh, proliferatable, as we're saying, is uh, pretty pretty decent these days. Profiteroles. Profiteroles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could see it build around in this and, like, constructed for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's all I got. Sick, dude. Cool. Uh, going on my traditional slash non-traditional route, I would like to bring up my next uncommon. It is Bladecraft Aspirant. I almost just completely bungled that. Bladecraft Aspirant. Some of these Phyrexian words are pissing me off. They're tongue twisters for sure. Um, uh, It is a two and a red. I seem to love that mana value. Uh, For a two, three with Menace. It's a Phyrexian Warrior. Equipment spells you cast cost one less to cast. Activated abilities of equipment you control that target Bladecraft Aspirant cost one less to activate. Woo! You like uh, you like equipment. You're hot on equipment. I'm hot on equipment. I think it's just kind of talking about how they're developing and pursuing mechanics and kind of building them out, maybe with the mountain concept, with the equipment, uh, equipment affinity. I think this is just good. Uh, there is a creature, I already totally fucking forget the name, but it costs way less to activate uh, when you're equipping to it. Uh, it's in also in red, so we're just starting to see this kind of building. And I think the more redundancy you get out of an effect, the more viable it becomes in certain strategies. Because either it's going to get reprinted and changed and tweaked in a way that the wording's better, the cost is lower, or you get a critical mass of something, and all of a sudden, exactly, it, it, you know, or you just get enough yeah. to make the deck actually happen. So, like, maybe we'll see enough cards that care about having mountains in red, and then mm-hmm. you'll have a mountain deck. And I just, I do think that. Um, Equipment's kind of seeing a, a huge uptick right now, and something like this is going to be insane. Menace is freaking not nothing. Yeah, it's an, it's an excellent keyword. Yeah, it, you know. Yep. I know we're all looking forward to like new equipment and how they're going to bolster equipment, but let's look back a couple sets to Kamigawa. I like, think bolster is a different effect. Oh, so confusing. Uh, let's look back to Kamigawa because Kamigawa notably had equipment creatures. So this like is now within standard with those cards totally you can actually see build arounds with that even in commander if you're building a modified whatever like this probably has a home lion sash is one singular white mana yeah yeah that's good and uh this equip it to this and then it's got menace and you're like that's pretty aggressive as hell (laughs) yeah and i will say the uh menace to society deck that i built on arena is just not a good deck it's just not a good deck, but I do want to put this in there because it like <laughs> it has menace, and I am playing a lot of that modified equipment stuff. It might be the piece that makes it. it all come together. Yeah, for three mana, I don't think so. This menace equipment—that's the pivot. Yeah, I would rather have seen like a one-two for two than a two-three. I agree. Three. And the card I'm referencing, which God, I wish I could remember right now, uh, is definitely way cheaper than three mana. Three is a lot, but it's still cool. Hey guys, talking about good rates. Hit me with it. Hex Gold Slash. I no think idea. this is a card that has... It's a common. Okay. One red. It's an instant. Deals two damage to target creature. If that creature is toxic, Hex Gold Slash deals four damage to that creature instead. Yeah. This is excellent removal in limited. If you're, you know, totally. if you're drafting this, uh, it's a great card. There's, Evan and I did just do this pre-release and 
pretty much every creature has toxic on it. Yeah, boots on the ground. Did you see this card at pre-release? I, I did, did not. not. No. Oh, Honestly, okay. No, it wasn't in uh, any of my packs. I mean, four uh, four damage for one mana. Excellent rate. I would one for two at instant in limited is even decent. Yeah, yeah. At yeah, baseline it's a shock. I mean, it yes. doesn't go to the face, but baseline, you right. know, it does two damage for one, which is a decent rate in limited. I would have liked it if it said it deals two damage to any target. If it targets a creature with toxic, then it deals four damage. Much better card. A lot of words. A lot of words. Hey, it's actually give less words than what power creep will get us there in about <laughs> six months. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a super cool piece of removal. Probably not going to see it outside of limited that much, but we'll see. I mean, maybe with like the standard environment, we don't know. Toxic might be hugely prevalent. Yeah. Are, are you guys playing a lot of standard right now, or not as much now? But. Uh, We'll be diving back in because of this set. We'll be playing Correct. a lot more arena. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about Blue Sun Zenith and how I think it's a freaking beast of a card, but I definitely want to slot it into that gin deck and uh, take it for a spin. Yeah, that should be actually up this week. So let's freaking go! Hell yeah! Uh, okay, I'm gonna hop on this next one. And guess what? It's not a common or an uncommon. It's a freaking mythic. We're talking about red. Sun's Zenith. It's, actually, it's not a mythic. It's a rare. It's it's not even the Zenith, bro. You're, yeah, uh, Red Sun's Twilight. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, hey. God. You hate to see it. Oh, it's embarrassing. All right, let just me kidding. Just, We're let talking me just, about Obi-Wan. Uh, this uh, is a mythic, <laughs> yabish. Uh, it is an enchantment, and it's not very good. It what says, card are we talking about? All will be one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was lost for a second, but all right. apologies. Yes. Cut uh, it out. Next card. Evan, cut this right here. Next card. All will be one. It's an enchantment for three red red. Whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent or player, all will be one deals that much damage to target opponent, creature and creature and opponent controls, or planeswalker and opponent controls. So it's pretty damn good. Yeah, but here's But also thing. it's not. Uh, the catch is that this card is in red, and a lot of the prof- proliferate is not in red. Correct. Yeah, this is the uh you could say it's the token big red enchantment from the set. Mm-hmm. Like they've been doing it with a lot of sets where it's just like a meaningless, large, like big mana investment enchantment that doesn't do much without a build around. You can't it, play it it limited. sounds like it should do something, but I'm struggling to think of like when are you putting counters on things in red? Like when does right. that really go down? This is like a three color minimum deck to make this happen. Yeah. yeah. With all the stuff. And yeah, that's just way All the enablers for it are outside red's color uh, identity exactly it feels yeah. like notably this does go infinite with the red terror from the warhammer 40k deck so whenever you put a counter on something or whenever you deal damage you put a counter on it and then what's the cmc like, of that guy uh, six mana Ooh, Ooh playing I, a little battle cruiser a little 11 yeah, mana well combo. imagine a jeweled lotus with the mana crypt and a land got him. Ooh, get a coveted jewel in the mix too yeah <laughs> good wow. luck getting the five mana on turn two <laughs> yeah. to play this thing yeah it's so, some stupid mono red combo deck that's <laughs> garbage yeah it's uh like it, it does notably go infinite with that and i've been that's reading, good to know i didn't you know, know that. yeah yeah i've been reading it and whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent player deals that much damage it's at pretty much any target right yeah and, speaking of too many words um i do like that it targets anything like usually mm-hmm. there's the restriction of it doesn't hit one of the things but it hits, we were just talking about it, it hits all of the things yeah you yeah. just can't pop your own things because there's too many loops to do that like, oh yeah sure that yeah. opponent controls yeah yep. so um yeah, I when I saw it spoiled, it was a little bit confused. I think everyone was confused that it was named All Will Be One, and it's a mono-red enchantment in a set where all five Praetors come together in a set. It should be five colors, 
but um, I'm not complaining here. I think that we'll find a home in like kitchen brews. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, all, this like, is cash. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's too powerful if you can enable it, but there's no clean route to enable it. Correct. I think. You are, I think the coolest thing I can think of is just like a permanent that comes down and then puts counters on itself. Like, we have a few yeah. of the cards that have put oil counters when ETB is mm-hmm. like, there's lands that enter with counters on them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, you could just be like, play a land, deal two damage or something, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely wondered, like, when we went to pre-release last night, I was sitting there and I was just wondering, what if I pulled it? Like, what if I pulled it? What, what, how would I build that deck? And you have to have a real greasy, oily deck to, in order to make it work in, in limited. Yeah, So I don't think he plays in limited. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like no. I, honestly, if you pulled it, I would just set it off to the side unless your your deck is just... It's a neat card to take home. But <laughs> yeah, unless you go a mono red. If you wanted to buy this terrible, terrible card, you can get it for $15. <laughs> oh, oh, Ouch, that hurts. Yeah. That's for the what's basic, the, by the Yeah, way. what's yeah. the altar? For the non-foil. For the yeah. foil is 20 Yeah, I mean, give it some course. time. That There's no way it floats is there, there. Is there uh, no showcase? No borderless? No showcase for their, for their big mommy... Wow. It is. Oh, man. It's it actually kind of weird. This set is a mess for figuring out. It doesn't the, make sense. The different versions of things that are available. Also, can we stop changing it for every single set? Yeah. Have a consistent way to do it of like, hey, this kind of stuff is going to show up in the collector's packs. I honestly, this kind of stuff shows up in the set boosters. Yeah. Don't create new types of packs. Every set. Don't change. Yeah. Literally every set, they're like, here's what you need to know about it. Like breakdown of every freaking product guide, which is like there's a hundred products. Can you imagine being in the office and someone goes, hey, hey, dude, um, we, I just realized we didn't make a premium foil option for All Will Be One. Like, no, like the enchantment, the card in the set. And For, for looked, which set didn't we do that? Like, yeah. And then uh, uh, the guy goes, uh, yeah, because nobody's going to want that card. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a trash card. But, but yeah. why make it the titular card of the set then? <laughs> like, make that a better card. It's, yeah. <laughs> It just yeah. doesn't make much well, sense. Yeah. Don't 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 make the Phyrexian language Phyrexian arena be in the Phyrexian special gift box for the set. Right. Maybe make this card good, and that's the special card. I do wish oh, this was a hundred dollars more raised ink foil, all in Phyrexian, so I can't read it. Oh, for sure. That would be sick. $150. So sick. Uh but they did release the dictionary, so you can translate it. I did see that. All right, moving on. We we can talk about how worthless that card is all day, probably. Uh, my next card is probably the card I'm most excited to talk about because it has uh, potential in multiple formats. It is an uncommon Phyrexian Goblin Warrior, that last type being very, very important. It is Cacophony Scamp. One red mana. Whenever Cacophony Scamp deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, proliferate. When Cacophony Scamp dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. It is a 1-1. That's a lot of relevant text. For a 1 mana, yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, and we were talking about equipment earlier, and this one just so happens to synergize with one equipment in particular, and that is Colossus Hammer. So in Pioneer, Historic... um, Oh, that's that's 11 damage fling right there. It is. It is an instant kill. It is a turn... Turn one, uh, Sigarda's Aid, turn two, Cacophony Scamp, uh, you know, and then a Colossus Hammer or whatever. Or, well, Cacophony Scamp, turn one, turn two, Sigarda's Aid, cast a Colossus Hammer, it equips itself, it becomes 11 uh, damage, you swing, make contact, fling it, and then kill the opponent. So it's uh, there's, a, there's another card that uh, from Zendikar Rising. 
It's called Resolute Strike. And this is why the warrior part is important, because it is for one white mana at instant speed, target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. If it's a warrior, you may attach an equipment you control to it. This is a sick deck. Mm. Yeah, that, is yeah, that wild? Sick as fuck. Evan, yeah. why don't you junk your garbage ass menace deck and build this then? Burn it. <laughs> yeah. Start over. Fork garbage. A <laughs> I tried really hard to make that. Unlike work. all will be one, you can get four of these for a dollar. Yeah, that's a good rate. Yeah, isn't that kind of a crazy deck? No, that's sick. It the doesn't sound like it's out of the realm of possibility to it's have all one mana consistently. Yeah. No, I mean Hammer Time is a, a real deck if you can build it out of alternate pieces in a different format. Standard, try it. Standard. There, yeah, the bones are there. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of subreddits that are just talking about this right now. Is like, is Hammer Time been reinvigorated with this? Like, this does make it more viable. Is Hammer still in standard? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, word. It was uh, reprinted in the last couple commander decks for Adventures in the Forgotten. But I think you have all the pieces in Pioneer for it, right? Sure. Or, yes, you do. or uh, Historic. Yeah, Pioneer or Historic. Yeah, yeah. for when you want to play against Oracle of the Alpha, you know? Yeah, so this has a lot of potential. Uh, I don't know if Hammer Time becomes... Because if Hammer Time becomes a thing, if it's so strong, there are just a lot of decks that have like sort of established themselves. If it's so strong that it requires attention... I you know the only way this card ever gets expensive is if it becomes ban worthy. Like it's so consistent, and then they would end up banning one of the pieces. I don't know if they would ever kill the deck, but yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this like breaks hammer. No, like more than what hammer has already been broken, and hammer's only three dollars. Yeah, hammer. So I don't see this being. Broken. Yeah, hammer is also just a powerful deck that is not inherently broken. Like there, it's it's not possible to really break it i feel like there's there's a ceiling to how powerful it is that's fair because of the glass cannon nature of it i guess just by broken i mean breaking the the hammer mechanic and that's what you're taking advantage yeah no but that's what i'm saying there's there's a limit to how powerful those synergies can ever be in that deck i think there's just this does double like the the potential of that deck i think Mm -hmm. um so maybe if we see enough of that enough of that support maybe it comes back around but i mean this card too i yeah super powerful card but I mean, it dies to every piece of removal. Oh, 100%. It is, and I think yeah. that's that's what keeps the power level in check. There, right. it keeps it. You know, I yeah, mean, if you're playing in a format that everybody's just trying to kill, like a Ragavan or anything like that, you're this you're dies. Ne- you're yeah. never gonna. They're always gonna have it. Yeah, it's red flags immediately. Like if you open up the game right, and they're going first, and they mountain or sacred foundry. If they play a sacred foundry, you know something's up, right? And then they drop this on turn one. It's like. Okay, like literally the one piece of removal I have in my hand, that is eating it. Yep. Yeah, or you're mulliganing to to make sure you have that removal in your hand to start the game. Exactly. So, yep. so really intriguing card can definitely make waves in multiple formats. I think it's definitely worth talking about. Like, yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, like no, I, sure. I'd like to see that deck in action. Totally. Yeah. Which you'll be streaming on Twitch uh, later this week. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'll try to get on there and see if I can build this deck because it does look like a ton of fun. I'll try and get on there soon. Do some uh, grinds with the the blue gins. Start stealing everybody's shit. Zero logons. Of <laughs> I love that. I respect it. Keep it up. Control yourself. All right. I'm talking about my last card. I actually have it this time. It's called Red Sun's Twilight. It's a freaking rare, bro. And it's a sorcery. For X, red, red. It is. Destroy up to X target artifacts. If X is five or more, for each artifact destroyed this way, create a token copy of it. They go in haste, exile them at the next end step. I'm glad you don't get to keep them. I think that'd be insane. That is uh, 
has a huge upside over an overloaded Vandal Blast. Correct. I don't think it's as good as Vandal Blast. In my no. head, this is uh, a, a closer comparison. I, I totally agree. Uh, By Force, which is X and a red, destroy up to X target artifacts. You add the X red red with the huge upside of if late game, you know, you're fighting an artifact deck. I just don't know how much you're going to get that payoff. Everything in this cycle, if you can hit the X equals five, has a huge payoff. Huge payoff, which is great. But are you going to do it? In my head, like the blue one where you're taking something and then copying it is yep. way better than destroying five artifacts and copying them until end of turn. Because like, Yeah, or a janky reanimator spell in black. Exactly, or, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think it's the best in the cycle, but I do think uh, mass removal for artifacts with the year, like I said, coming up with artifacts everywhere, equipment's maybe going to be everywhere. We'll mm. see. Uh, not nothing. Yeah, it might be the best answer in mono red, whatever that deck ends up being. Yeah. You know, that might be a one or two of. Probably sideboard card. Yeah, like, definitely sideboard. Hope. But mono red aggro with that, a couple of the sideboard, it made sense to me. Yeah, I see for my style and my the way that I like to play, I actually don't want to praise this card too much um, because X red red, in order to get the five, you'd have to pay seven mana. And then you create token copies of the artifacts you destroyed, and then you exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So when I think about that, all that, all that text together, I start thinking about how many are like non-token sacrificable artifacts do my opponents control at any given time and like what good do they do me without having a mana investment like i have to invest more mana like if i pop an equipment it's like well i gotta pay to equip it now you know? yeah so i wonder like what you could be hitting in I, order to like benefit yourself yeah. it what it where you know like it comes over to your side of the field like when you said by force i'm like by force is nuts like yeah right? so it's definitely a better card yeah like losing it, that one red is everything I'm, i mean there might be a reason to do this in commander where you're popping a bunch of mana positive rocks and then you're maybe doubling the mana available to you that turn exactly but at this point why not just fucking go infinite in any of the ways you can go infinite <laughs> in, yeah, in commander that was you know? what i was going to say was i think this is one of the better ones at scaling to commander which we have not seen a lot of cards we're interested in bringing to commander necessarily where i think this one does significantly better than limited like if x is five are you really destroying five artifacts like are you going to be hitting in a 1v1 is there going to be five artifacts on the battlefield probably no not. no way. literally never no nope. but in commander literally all the time and they're way better artifacts you're still mana crypts and like lands get one of some of those artifact lands yeah give me that shit i just don't think you need to exile them at the beginning of the next end step and that's where i think the card falters it's like if i'm paying seven mana to wipe the field of like mana positive rocks or whatever I should get to keep those rocks until the like until they're blown up. But what if it's like, like they're token copies? You hit like a sort of feast and famine, uh, you know, Bolus's citadel. Like, <laughs> but my feeling is any get- <laughs> anytime a card lets you win more, who cares? Yeah, like, unless it's breaking something open new. Just just who cares? Because you're already winning, so yeah. win more. At if, that yeah, point. who cares? Yeah, five one. If I pop this off for seven mana, it does not get countered. And I get a bolus of Citadel and a Feast and Famine. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to go, let's go! I still don't think it would be busted. <laughs> 100%. Like, I wouldn't have any qualms if it didn't next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, I feel like it, it could. There are lines of text that are included now in the game that almost seem meaningless that makes me just scratch my head at what r&d is thinking like <laughs> <to> <laughs> like with uh we just figured out that um 
uh, Rise Liberated Prime Liberated Primeval has a very nuanced line of text. I thought that it would deal damage to any number of you know do deal damage to any creature and then it counts the instances of creatures dealt excess damage and then you create dragons that like to that number it's not it's just like one instance of a creature doesn't matter how many was dealt excess damage you create a dragon i'm so why'd you cap it see i'm thinking like the one mana creatures that like allosaur shepherd that like oh. just keep getting more and more lines of text yeah but now in the big bombs there's seven mana spell technically here if you're like trying to max it out like they're adding more text that makes it worse. Like the more yes. you go down, that's just like exile at the end step. But like the uh, like Alasaur Shepherd is like and make some four fours for yeah. like fun of it. <clears throat> but also at the same time, like what is going on in R and D where they're like, I think this shatter storm with an upside is too powerful. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. what could possibly they're like even let's in, be cautious here. Even in Commander. Literally. Even in Commander, what is the worst you could do? Yeah, I know <laughs> like, they're like trying to like they're really trying to balance multiple formats here and they've done a good job while also creating great cards for all, all multiple yeah, formats. Yeah, prove, prove us wrong. Prove that I, you yes. can break this Honestly, card what do you think without about it being a like Rube Goldberg device. Here's my yes. theory on how to make Magic the Gathering better in 2023. Put less shit on one drops and put more shit on seven drops. <laughs> that seems so simple. I, I just think that would actually help a lot. Yeah, it would. It would. It would. I want to like be able to play a five to seven drop and have it impact the game in the way that Ragavan impacts the game. Right. Like most of the time we don't even consider playing shit like that because it is way too expensive. It's mm-hmm. counterable and it usually still doesn't win you the game. So you might as well be doing yeah, something incentivize pl- incentivize playing higher up the curve. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like if I cast a seven, eight mana spell, like I want a table of three other players to fucking feel that I just did that. Yeah, I think that's what the Dominus are trying to do. Like they're trying to create an incentive to like climb the curve, like create just, this indestructible do doubling effect, whatever. And people are so overhyped on the, on the white Dominus. Like I'm sorry to say it, but it, you're never going to curve to that in a format other just... than other than Commander. Double a mechanic where you're just doubling another mechanic is just lazy building. By the way. Super. You're just like, uh, do it twice. Oh, we need more. I don't know. Give it indestructible. Guys, <laughs> I have an idea. Give it indestructible counter a counter that doesn't even exist in the rest of this format. Anyway, what if what if we started um in like uh March of the Machines? What if we had a card that like tripled an effect? That would be sick. Ugh. That would be crazy. Fiery right? emancipation. Oh, what if and what if just for for giggles we just stapled it to an unrelated card? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that wizard's design space? One of that, Baleful Strix yeah. plus triple damage. Yeah, if that's a snowballing effect we're like rolling towards, like the game is doomed by twenty thirty five. It's just like it's just like we were talking about Pokemon. We're just like you don't need to add two hundred and fifty new Pokemon every generation because you're just gonna run out of ideas. Makes yeah. sense, right? Like maybe just do less. Like maybe come up with less cards and you guys would not be running out of ideas for cards. Do less. Yeah. Had they not pushed shock, like we talked about that uh the card you brought up, Ritter, the one mana like shock with in like mm-hmm. incentive to like hit in like toxic creatures. Had they just stuck with shock and then maybe had more utility that didn't overwhelm shock, like just completely push it out of the like the power range, I think we would have still have a much more balanced game. Uh we'd have a much healthier format just in general. You could reprint shock into every standard like yeah. set and it would still see play. I mean I I do like retooling common cards that you're used to seeing to fit with the set mechanic, like the shock yeah. meets toxic, whatever. Uh I don't know. I just think they could do less and actually put out more quality shit. Because we're just seeing like these big sets. This is like you said. This is one of the most hype sets, and I'm 
finding the zero cards I would like to purchase. Right yeah, now. it it's as you know as wide as an ocean, as shallow as a kiddie pool, kind of. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. Let's make it a little deeper. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's just beautifully well said. Honestly, I don't have anything else to talk about the red. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think we're at time for this episode. Uh, yeah, I have uh, my last card's Gleeful Demoni- Demolition. Oh, sorry, get One at it. red, sorcery, destroy target artifact. If you controlled the artifact, create three 1-1 one, one red Phyrexian Ooh, goblin creature. This one is pretty See, sick. now there's some artifact destruction with upside yes. right there. This, yeah, I like benefiting destroying your own thing. I want to see more of that. We know that typing is becoming more and more important. Like mm-hmm. I said, with like this, uh, the cacophony uh, is that is a warrior like it's a warrior and that warrior text is going to come in handy at some point or another so gleeful demolition the fact that it creates uh three goblins is going to be relevant for like this that's been relevant since the history of magic the entire time yeah Yeah. so this immediately gets plugged into pretty much every krenko deck any deck that is just generating a ton of goblins because you can still just remove an artifact and then which is good happen Uh, to have one yeah how many treasures are there in the game now how many clues are in the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you're Food. if you're in if you're playing goblins like Goblin Tribal, like there's no reason to not play this over like a braid or something if you don't need multiple redundant effects. Yeah, you know, just throw throw that in there, and there's upside. There's yeah. utility. I'm interested to see how like that red deck that uses this like really <laughs> maximizes it efficiently. Like, what cheap artifacts are you playing to just curve out and hopefully have maybe three goblins on turn one? I, I mean, I there's feel, t- yeah. there's plenty there's of artifacts that, world, right? that haven't just random ETB draw a card stapled to them, and then you get your sure. value out of it, or you get, you know, uh, your chromatic star value out of it. You know, you're playing yeah. that early in the curve, and then later in the game, hey, I would rather have three goblins. It's a two mana, three goblins. Yeah, then. yeah fair enough. Yeah, this card, I see it having like a lot of impact in standard probably while it's around and definitely having a lot of impact in commander mm. over the or the over the course of its life. This is one where I would see it and I would go, this is probably a $3 foil in 3 years. Yeah, it's just it's not generically powerful. It's just like the deck that needs it Needs. We'll take it good advantage. It's of. got the right synergies. It fit, you know, fits into a slot in right. the design space. Like I'm thinking yeah. Dargo, you know, like Dargo loves bodies to sacrifice. So it's it's like any sacrifice deck or anything that kind of mills and gets that advantage, like it's the machine turning, like it's three bodies for one mm-hmm. mana. Or if there's, you know, if you're in some sort of aristocrat deck that reaches into red and you have an incidental artifact creature that you want to sacrifice for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, why not? I, I think yeah. that you can even top deck this late game in an aristocrats build, like you were saying, like Jund decks that want this. Um, I mean, freaking Corvold probably wants this because it's three more bodies he can eat. Um, You're playing Dockside, all that shit. Like, yeah. he's, you know, pop a treasure. Might like, not need all your treasures. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that even late game, this can like come in handy to create those three extra bodies to do whatever you need them to do. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty fun card. Yeah. I mean, set overall. Very fun. Very fun. Though we like vented pretty hard on on it and like criticized it pretty heavily. Still very fun. I had a great time playing it pre-release. Yeah, I think what we were talking before we started recording is it's a really fun set like to think about as a limited environment. I think it's very like well self-contained and lots of cool stuff going on. There's just not a lot of permeation I'm seeing to other formats that's really piquing my interest. Yeah, it's just not vibing. Like there's maybe some standard stuff we'll see and stuff. Like Toxic will have some like there are some cards that will reach out, but just as a whole, like nothing I want to take to Commander and shit. I just want to draft this. Yeah. If uh that being said, if you guys 
would love to uh, support us, you can subscribe, like, and hit that little bell on the video here on YouTube. Yep. Uh, and you can find us on most podcasting platforms. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for more of this set review. As we come back around, we're going to be doing black next. So yep. stay tuned and uh, bye-bye. Deuces. See ya.